Good morning. Welcome to Senior Smarts here on Classic Hits K-Wayne 106. I'm Jack Quabble. Debbie Bradley will be joining me shortly and our guest as well in our continuing series. Senior Smarts is brought to us by St. Crispin Living Community in Red Wing with our full continuum of care, including our renowned short-term rehab services. Debbie, fire away. Our, again, great series with Dr. Eric continues. Excellent. So, Dr. Eric Trias is here to help with show number eight, as we're talking about the five pillars. Dr. Eric is reputable, and everything he says is backed up by research. Check it out. He's newly retired, former clinic physician manager, and also a former professor of family practice, and he's 39 years as a practicing physician. He's here to help all of us, free of charge, and he just wants to help as many people as possible. The five pillars are nutrition exercise, sleep, stress management, and relationships. They are the foundation to being healthy. They are cheap, they are effective, but the sad news is you have to do the work. These shows can be listened to again and again on K-Wing Senior Smarts podcast, so feel free to go back and listen to them again and again to get a full understanding of them. Our show today is going to be about supplements, so welcome once again Dr. Eric Trias and help us Navigate the world of supplements. Thank you. A huge topic worth billions of dollars. Lots of people. In fact, it's, it's been estimated that there's as much money spent on supplements, vitamins, etc., as there is on prescription medications. Really? It's, yeah, and that's a lot of money. So it's very important, and I, I'm giving you what I've learned and what I've read and trying to make it as simple as possible because there are a ton of them, and you can read, and each one has science behind it, uh, and you say, well, that sounds like a good one, and that sounds like, well, you could spend a lot of money doing on this. So what I'm trying to do is distill this down to the ones that I think are, are essential and give you some reasons why that might be. Okay. So the first one has to do with our diet. Our diet is bad. It's, we refer to it as the standard American diet or the sad diet. I didn't make that up. And it is sad. It is contributing towards our illness, our disease burden. So the reason why we even come up with supplements is because we're compensating for bad nutrition. And one of the things that I talked about is making the good microbiome again. The microbiome is the milieu in your intestines that when you have an overabundance of bad microbiome or bad bacteria, they disturb the, the lining of the colon, causing chemicals to go through there and into your system and then induce this inflammatory reaction, which is really the source of, of all disease. So how do you make it better? Well, one of the things that I talked about making your microbiome better is organic foods. And organic foods have been poo-pooed by lots of people. And, oh, is it nutritious or not? And the reality is, in general speaking, it's only about 20% more nutritious. It isn't by leaps and bounds. But, of course, one of the benefits of organic foods is that you're not getting the pesticides, the herbicides, the fungicides, the hormones, the antibiotics that are added to our food sources that create a bad microbiome. So organic food is very, very important. But over and above that, we still don't have enough nutrition to optimally operate this thing we call our body. The first thing to talk about, which everybody knows about, is multivitamins. And there's lots of things to say. Is it good? Is it bad? Does it get absorbed? Does it not? 
Well, where I'm coming from is moving people from doing nothing to doing something. That is the greatest gain in your health is when you change bad behaviors and do just a little bit of something. So multivitamins, I feel, falls in that category. So right now, as far as I'm concerned, just get a good brand name multivitamin with minerals that you can start on. If you have questions as you go forward and two, three months in the future, you look online and you can kind of see, well, which vitamins are the best? That's fine. Go on that path because uh, I am not going to name any brand names for this because that's not my purpose. I don't sell anything and I don't really want to endorse anything publicly. So why are multivitamins good? Well, it's really giving you things that you just don't have in your normal diet. They help optimize your metabolism. Metabolism is important. It, it is the smooth running machine. It's like your car that's perfectly tuned. Everything is working right. You're having good protein synthesized, good uh, chemicals made for hormones. Everything is working well. Your body's in harmony. It also helps regulate your blood sugar and insulin, which is somewhat unknown. Multivitamins do that, and we need mm. that because sugar, too much sugar in our system, as we talked in last episodes, is the harbinger of illness. Second thing to talk about that I think probably is the second most important is omega-3. And we've heard about the omega-3s or the polyunsaturated fats for a long time. Omega-3 is a good thing. It is anti-inflammatory. It helps balance your blood sugar, and it actually does prevent heart disease. It improves brain function and thought. There was a study done about 15 to 20 years ago that tried to look at the polyunsaturated uh, foods and came up and said, eh, it probably isn't what it was touted to be. However, when experts went back and looked at that study, they did not differentiate the diets that had high omega-3s versus omega-6. Omega-6 is the bad unsatur uh, polyunsaturated fat. It is what causes inflammation. It causes clotting and promotes heart disease. And so when you have a diet that has both of those, of course, you're going to have mixed reviews with it. But if they separated that out and just looked at the diets that had high omega-3, all of these things came to fruition, increasing your blood sugar maintenance. It helps with your neurotransmitters to make smooth, better equilibrium in your, in your nervous system. It is anti-inflammatory. So omega-3, in fact, your brain, half of it's water, but half of it is fat, and half of that is omega-3. So it just stands to reason we need to consume more omega-3. It's just right for your brain. So my first question is, when you're saying this, is I'm thinking, so what are the good fats? <clears throat> what are the fats I want in my diet? The, just the lay people's terms. Yeah. So if you're going to, like foodstuffs. Yeah, that have that, yeah. The standard is salmon, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, not farm-raised because they, they it's, again, what I'm going to talk about launch now, I guess, now is to talk about foods that have good fats in them. The problem is not beef. The problem is not salmon. The problem is not eggs, chicken, et cetera. It's what you feed them. The problem is not butter. In fact, there's a chemical in butter called margeric acid that when we measure margeric acid in the population, the ones that have the highest amount of margeric acid have the least heart disease. 
completely contrary to what we believed in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and a lot of times into now, is that fat is bad. Don't eat butter. It's going to kill you. It's actually the opposite. Margarine is going to kill you. It's a total different compound, just made the taste similar. So, yeah, you want butter. Butter everything. Now, what did the butter eat, so to speak? If your cow that made the butter ate corn, it's going to convert its own fat into omega-6, which is unhealthy. Mm. However, if you take cow beef and you have it pasture-raised, grass-fed, not sent to a feedlot, which they force-feed the animal corn to get it fat and marmalized, which tastes better because we're used to that taste, it converts, the, the, the corn converts your omega-3s, which is nice and healthy, to omega-6. If you don't force-feed that cow or that beef corn, the amount of omega-3 in one gram is more omega-3 that's in salmon. Every salmon is the, is, the, is, the, is the gold standard. There's actually more good fat in beef if raised properly. So people can look for grass-fed beef. Yes. But then what about butter? How do you find healthy butter? Same thing. You, you look at it and you say organic, uh, grass-fed. It, it, it should say it on it because they want to tout that. Those companies that are making this want to tout that, hey, this is what we are not or this is what we are. So you can read it on that. You are looking for grass-fed, organic butter. And it's out there. It's actually pretty readily available. Really? Because I went into a grocery store after I heard you tell it to me last time. And I had to look long and hard and there was only one. It was in one chunk of organic butter. Otherwise, mm -hmm. everything else. Yep. Hopefully, as the word of what I'm saying is spreading and what others are talking about in society, the market will lean towards more healthy foods, let's hope, because we're dying at alarming rates early. And there will be more available choices for that. But they are there. And Because okay. I go to a, a national chain store, and we buy the butter that we consume there, and it is all of those things that I've said. Well, the good thing is, too, we have more than one grocery store in town. So you go and you look, and you need to, and this is part of the work, you guys. I keep telling you, we have to do work here is then you find the grocery store that carries the healthier stuff. Yep. And like you said, there's a national chain, then just keep looking and you'll find it. That's right. Or, you know what, if nothing else... Um, we have the wonderful thing called the internet. Yes. You know, either you or your child or whatever can order the stuff you need and then maybe stockpile it for a while. And That's right. Yeah, and, and the, the, the frustration with all of this, of course, is availability and cost. And, but I kind of say that, what are you going to pay up front or at the end? Are you going to spend $100 on your organic food? Or $1,000 on pills in a few years. Or surgeries and yes. chemo and all that other stuff. Right. Or loss of insulin loved ones, and, you know? Right, right. So anyway, moving on to the third thing that I think is very important is vitamin D. Vitamin D is a super important thing. And it's not just we tell, oh, it's healthy for the bones. It is. It helps absorb and incorporate calcium into your system. And calcium, for those who have been through menopause and men aging that aren't active, lose calcium and that promotes osteoporosis and it leads to hip fractures, spinal fractures, etc. We need vitamin D but for many other reasons, not just the absorption of calcium or phosphorus. It supports our cardiovascular function as well as our immunity. It helps with metabolism and by helping its immunity helps reduce incidence of 
cancer, notably colon cancer, breast cancer, and prostate cancer, which are the, the, of the top three that we get affected by. Vitamin D also improves insulin function. Here's that dirty word, insulin, coming up again. Uh-huh. We need everything we can to put things in a equilibrium in our body, and vitamin D, absolutely, every day. There's also a misnomer about vitamin D. Well, we get it from the sun. Well, the sun is important. The sun converts the inactive form of vitamin D to the active form. So when you look at the book that we mentioned earlier, the uh, Blue Zones with uh, Dan Bittner that wrote it, one of the hallmarks of the people that lived to their 100 years old in a healthy way was sun exposure. Of course, we're told, oh, stay away from the sun. It's terrible for your melanomas, etc. cetera. Uh, but there are things to help. Incidentally, we talked about coffee last time. Coffee yes. reduces melanomas by 20%. Unbelievable. I'd yeah. love my coffee. Yeah, let's get some right now. <laughs> so um, vitamin D, you take it in and in food sources, and it converts. One of the largest sources around here that we can get vitamin D from, because most of it is seafood that we get vitamin D. In fact, that's how really? we get the pills. I didn't know that. It's from uh, distillates of, uh, of the fish manufacturing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is eggs. Eggs are one of the best sources of vitamin D in our area. So it is Again, the eggs. incredible edible Absolutely. food. Eggs, eggs, eggs. Uh, so, so vitamin D, very important. How much? I would say at least 2,000 international units per day. They're making bigger capsules with more concentration, so they're going to have to take a bunch of little ones. You can take a big one. But vitamin D is number three on my list. Uh, vitamin or the the fourth one is magnesium. Ninety percent of Americans are magnesium deficient. Where do you get magnesium? Magnesium oh, and broccoli's. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, love that. There there are other food sources, and you can look that up online. Magnesium, where to get it? Okay. But you can also take in the food and or in pills. And pills are. They do work. They do absorb. They take in your system. It, they work for you. The one caveat. Go slow. Magnesium regulates your colon, if you know where I'm going here. Uh-huh. So if you go too much, you're too regular. Slow down. Yeah, go yeah. too much, you're going to go too much. <laughs> yeah, go slow. <laughs> <laughs> but if you take it in the evening, it actually reduces muscle cramps and improves sleep. Sleep, oh. significant improvement in sleep oh. with magnesium. It's another good Excellent. word. Excellent. Yeah. Sleep. sleep. Yes. We're going to talk about sleep in, in a few sessions from now and how important that is and yes. why it is. But magnesium started at 100 milligrams, and if you tolerate that after a couple of weeks, double it, and then go up to the 250 milligram tablet. One can go up to 500 milligrams uh, pretty safely if you kind of work into it. But magnesium, super important. It also is very, very important to reduce anxiety. Really? We will have a whole session on anxiety in future talks. Better load up on magnesium, Debbie, I'm yeah. telling you. Absolutely. Get that I'm not magnesium. Anxious. With a I know somebody daughter. who is, though. Yeah, with a teenage daughter in college, oh, or I should yes, say a yes, teenager about to be a college student and <laughs> that one that's true. getting out of college. Yes, <laughs> I should load up on that. Absolutely. Yes. So magnesium, very, very important, uh, and everybody should be on that. If, if you're listening, you're probably magnesium deficient. Number three, uh, excuse me, number five, I guess, on my mm-hmm. list mm-hmm. is probiotics. Probiotics, again, hearkening back to the microbiome, it keeps feeding the microbiome the good bacteria. And if you think, well, if I get it up to snuff and uh, i got a good ratio of good bacteria to bad, can I stop the, uh, the probiotics? Unfortunately, no, because our diets 
are infiltrated with things to kill the bad, kill the good bacteria, and allow the bad bacteria to, to occur. So you do need a probiotic on a regular basis. Unfortunately, the oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, the image I'm getting is so the the probiotics are constantly fighting the bad stuff then. So that's yes. why you constantly need yep. to keep it in your system. It's reinforcements. You're bringing in the troops. Okay. Yep. Okay. The reserves. The good soldiers. The good soldiers, absolutely. Uh, and, yes, there are many different types of probiotics. Some are better than the others, and that gets to be a long, long conversation. Again, start with something that's got a lot of bacteria in it. There's a very popular one out there that is used to help combat lactose uh, problems for people that have lactose def- uh, in- uh, intolerance and you can't take dairy products. So they take this beforehand and then they can tolerate and that's a great use of it. But there's many, many more bacteria that have benefit than just that acidophilus that is used for lactose intolerance. Huh. So you, the, the, good, uh, the good person to talk to is your pharmacist. You grab a few different types of bro- uh, uh, probiotics and talk to him. And the key word for that is does it have multiple strains? Okay. If it's got multiple strains, it's good for you. There's five principal ones. I'm not going to go into those, but and there are many different strains that are put in there for different reasons. Uh, but these strains, it's an interesting. They in and themselves have certain characteristics. One of them actually reduces anxiety by a good percentage, just about as good as taking a prescription pill just by taking the probiotic. Wow. You mentioned acidophilus. What is that? Because I know that we had had that before, and we had to keep it in our refrigerator. What is that? It it provides an enzyme that breaks down the lacto the lactose that is in dairy products. Lactose is the sugar of dairy products, and why it tastes sweet. In fact, it's also why when you have a diabetic reaction, you've taken too much insulin, they say, oh, if you don't have anything, drink a glass of milk. Really? Because it has a sugar to help bring up your blood oh. sugar into that normal range again. So dairy products are sweet. In fact, a very condensed form, ice cream, oh, yeah. is super condensed and a lot of sugar and why people love it because our taste mm-hmm. buds tell us more. Yep, yep. So again, that's unfortunately ice cream, is not on your list. And that's why I think I love whole milk rather mm-hmm. than skim. I can't stand that because the whole milk kind of to me is like drinking ice cream. Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> yes, whole milk. In fact, any time you think you're doing a favor by eating low-fat stuff, that is absolutely wrong and actually is the opposite of what happens in your system. Do not go to low-fat anything. Diet pop turns out to be worse for you and it induces diabetes worse than regular pop. Wow. So diet, don't do anything diet. Don't do anything low fat. You want more fat. You want the good fats. Fat is good for you. In fact, now in my diet, it's tough to get enough fat. I, we have to look for foods that have it. Avocados is a great source mm. that I love. I love guacamole. And so you want to migrate towards better fat. So whole milk, yes. Whole milk is the way to go if you're going to drink milk. And it's tough. Like, I drank skim all my life. I had to go to one. Now I'm a two. Now we're kind of migrating up to whole milk. Right. Debbie, and we're think, down to two minutes. Two minutes to go. Okay. And I think you, I've heard you say before, fat doesn't make you fat. Yes. It's a good thing to remember. Fat doesn't make you fat, you guys. In fact, we're going to have a session on cholesterol in a, in a couple sessions talking about the myths of cholesterol and really what does cholesterol mean as well as what fats, what should you do. In short, as far as fats, get rid of all your vegetable oils, everything that you cook with other than olive oil 
And coconut oil. There's more. There's good ones that are expensive, but walnut oil and different things, grapeseed oil, those are expensive. But olive oil is very plentiful. Cook with olive oil. And when you cook, cook on low heat. The higher the heat, the more you change your protein structures and render them less nutritious. Absolutely. I, I remember that too. My husband commented on you can cook something for a long period of time on low heat. And the main thing that can hurt you is... The high heat changes the structure, changes the chemicals, and that's what's going to harm you. So thank you so much once again for this wealth of knowledge, Dr. Eric Trias. And um, with that, St. Crispin Living Community is changing aging in Red Wing. All right, Debbie, thank you much. That is Senior Smarts here on Classic Hits, KWN 106, brought to you by St. Crispin Living Community in Red Wing with our full continuum of care, including our renowned short-term rehab services. We'll see you again next week.